Hello and welcome to another Tech Plus. Uh, it's nice to be with you as we wrap up another week of tech and almost wrap up the month of February. Isn't that just insane, Kane? What is happening here? Blink twice in a month goes by. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought January was long, but, you know, then February came. It's only 28 days and then bam, gone as well. Yeah, you would think with all the with all the load shedding that things would be moving so slow. Oh. <sighs> Kane, fast. Kane, can I just say we have too many four-hour slots, eh? Wow. We had four this morning, four again tonight. It's really testing me, hey? It is. It's testing my faith. <laughs> <laughs> how are you feeling about it? How are you? What? How are you coping? Well, what the are other, you doing? The other day, which was pretty bad, I had an eight to twelve, a two a.m. to to four a.m. or two a.m. to six a.m. and a ten a.m. to twelve again. So that was like in a fourteen-hour spell, a sixteen-hour spell. You got you know ten hours of load shedding, and it's just. Granted, it was at night, but when they start two, four hours in one day, it's uh, it's no, a big knock. It is, it is incredible, and uh, I don't know if things will go any better now that Andre the Rater dropped that big bomb this week on his TV interview with uh, ENCA. I don't know if our listeners saw it. Uh, I highly recommend that you see it. Uh, it's all over social media at the moment. Lots of clips and uh, highlights from that interview. Otherwise, just check it out on the ENCA uh, news website. But what a, a, a bombshell. He dropped a lot of information there. He rattled some cages. And that obviously explains why he's finding himself overseas now. Because he had to leave South Africa for his safety. Because he said a lot of things that they don't want us to know, Right. Right. Like one of the things that he said was there is knowledge and support of corruption at the highest levels of the ruling party and the government, which is one big thing. And then he also went on to shed light on four criminal cartels in Mpumalanga, which steal around one billion rand a month from ESCOM. That's when I was uh, worried when they used the word cartel, because that's the stuff you see in, in, in Mexico and Mexican movies and TV shows. You normally only hear about it on TV shows. And he said the four criminal cartels are sophisticated, well-organized and even adopted language associated with the mafia, like captains and soldiers. I saw that. Yeah, I hey? heard that. Yeah. Yo, it's crazy. Cause so, okay, so um, obviously, and he spoke about uh, the poisoning incident. He said that um, he wanted his coffee and he asked his assistant or his PA to uh, go get him some coffee. And then uh, the coffee machine was serviced earlier that day. <laughs> wow. And he said, uh, but he said, uh, you know, it could have been avoided in a way because he had a personalized cup. So they knew which cup he was drinking from. And he said, try to avoid having a personalized cup because that's just, it makes it so much easier for someone to poison you. That he said they have a hit squad of between 60 and 70 highly trained and well-armed people. He also went on to say that people get assassinated in Pumalanga. He mentioned that, yeah, yeah, I just, I had to replay that part because I couldn't believe it. But uh, thank goodness he is safe overseas somewhere with his family and I really hope they don't find him. In fact, Andre, I don't think he should come back. No, to be very honest. No, not, not after saying all that, you know. Jeez, um, man. <laughs> it's, it's actually what a what a crazy world to to be wrapped up in. Imagine you against you know you know knowingly knowing that there's a hit squad of between sixty and seventy people. That's a hit squad. I mean, he's brave, actually, hey. Yeah. Even though he didn't mention any names, just to go on TV with your face and your voice saying all that, I would be worried if I was the journalist who interviewed him. <laughs> I would actually. I think she should also get security. Just, no, just to it's be bad. safe. Hey? 
it's it's bad and he didn't ha- i don't think he had to come out and say anything no so the fact that he has shows that he actually cared about the business he was working in and he truly yeah, had his hands he did on his back. man of integrity and i see people uh, are calling him a hero I, I i think it's it's fair you know yeah. to go he's put his life on he, on the line even if Literally. some of it's you know <laughs> he's misinformed about some of it it's still you know if it exists they're not happy yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't imagine they they're happy in the slightest. Because remember, he had to stay until the twenty eighth of February, and now he left immediately. So, they also issued a, a statement immediately last night, ESCOM, just after that interview went out. So they're not happy. No, and then also, um, you know, now that we're talking about load shedding, ESCOM confirms that uh, there's stage seven load shedding. But it's, it's not in the way that you think, as in it, stage seven might be implemented. It's to say that recently. There was uh, a, a was a load being shed of between um, you know six thousand and seven thousand megawatts. So each load shedding stage represents one thousand megawatts from the grid being shed. So we've, as of I think it was uh, Tuesday, there was a peak uh, load shedding uh, of seven thousand and forty-five megawatt, which occurred around uh, quarter past seven p.m. And uh, that really means that we've shed stage seven worth of load shedding already i knew it was higher than they told us it is higher and it's weird because usually you know you're told we're on stage six but you've shed stage seven worth of load shedding obviously it's only 45 megawatts over the 7,000 megawatt threshold but we're we're experiencing at least for the for the direct on tuesday night we're ex- we experienced stage seven load shedding. Yeah, but I saw um, uh, the numbers as well, and I think there was a shortfall of nine thousand and something uh, megawatts. So that's basically that stage nine. That's just <laughs> the only thing keeping us going are those diesel generators and and the power we buy from from external. And now with no captain steering the ship, how's that gonna go? Yeah, and ESCOM is apparently getting a 254 billion rand government bailout over the next few years to help end load shedding. Ugh, whatever. And yeah, you know, you hear about you hear about the, uh, Andre de Rader coming out saying, you know, there's corruption on the highest levels, people in Pamalanga stealing 1 billion rand, you know, every single month, and then you're, you're pumping 254 million. More to steal. Uh, two, 254 billion into that, into that corrupt system. It what a hard thing to deal with as South Africans that is what do you do what do you do that's the question what do we do well speaking of other news NASPERS knows what they're doing they just backed a South African rent to buy car startup for 1.8 billion rand so anyone who doesn't know NASPER they're an early investors in China's Tencent which is the company that created Epic Games which is the company that released Fortnite Right? Ah. So South African-based NASPERS actually has a, a, a share in Fortnite. Wow, that's big. It is big. And what's crazy is Fortnite actually has support for South African gamers in some way, shape or form. There's like a foster line. Um, and you'll notice that if you play on, on Fortnite servers, there's better uh, ping or latency or connection between you and the server than if you play other games that are hosted or served in in, in European or American areas. So NASPERS has just inve- invested that 1. Uh, 1.8 billion into a car startup that uh, allows you to rent to buy. That's nice. Which is nice. And they're mainly there for like professions like teachers or um, police officers 
who don't necessarily reach the the income threshold in order to easily access financing for something like a car. Wow, that's very nice. Yeah, and they're extending into Mexico as well. Wow. Because apparently they did uh, an analysis of some South American, you know, areas like uh, Brazil and Mexico and that sort of stuff. And they found that Mexico has a very similar car economy to South Africa in terms of personal income, access to financing, the the actual availability of sophisticated financing um, uh, corporations and things like that. So it's very cool to see another South African um, another South African business get uh, a, a sufficient amount of funding. So here's also another interesting thing. South African startups in general have raised a record $5.3 billion last year, according to data compiled by the Brighter Bridges, a market intelligence company. Uh, South Africa pulled a big portion of that, which is basically defying the deepening global slump in the technology industry. Right to see 5.3 billion dollars invested into African-based startups just last year alone is is a kind of a defying uh, a defining a defying statistic, which is really positive for South Africa. You know, in and amongst all of our problems and 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 Africa's problems, we're actually building quite a sophisticated startup industry. And bit of co- good news there. Yeah, and coming from the startup industry, it's fantastic to see that or- originating straight from Africa. Um, yeah, yeah, our hometown. You know. So that that's actually very very positive, and uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's Naspers in a nutshell. Always up to up to good. I mean, they even have shares in in Take a Lot as well. Naspers oh, really? Eh? Is quite well rooted in in technology across the globe. Um, they, they also uh, uh, in publishing. They're major in publishing in in South Africa. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, don't they own DSTV as well? I think they have a share in it. They have a share in a lot of South African technologies and global technologies, like a surprising reach. Um, I think they're they're one of the biggest technology investors, I think, globally as well, which is really, really cool um, to be be South African. In in other news, when we're talking about crypto and DeFi... um, one thing that uh, that's come out recently is some of the code of DeFi protocols, which is basically you know financing technologies and cryptocurrency, have uh, have Ponzi-based uh, systems that not many people see. And I'll give you an example of one of these systems. So there's these things called smart contracts, and if you're using DeFi protocols, you're interacting with these smart contracts, which basically just once received money, do something right on a code level, not a human being doing something. The code does something. And uh, one of these, uh, one of these protocols, they have uh, they they have systems in place where you basically send money to the smart contract as an investor, and it then breaks down that money and sends it to to investors before you. So they've almost automated the Ponzi-like scheme. So it's always important to to look out for this stuff and and really make sure if you are in crypto and you are using things like DeFi protocols, you're uh, you're using something that you can validate has been audited, mm-hmm. um, which is which is very important to avoid FTX-like crises. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was someone that wasn't audited on a much higher level. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And is it time for music break? It, is, it sure is, yes. Is, How did you know? I, I had a feeling. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Okay, so cool. When we come back, Kane, uh, what have you got for us? So we're going to take a look at... Um, uh, Bill Gates that snagged a 3.76% stake in Heineken, right? Which you don't often see uh, Bill Gates and the Melinda Foundation kind of diving into beer. 
Yeah, uh, I was going to say now Heineken, like the beer. Yeah. Wow, okay. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to take a look at uh, at some people that have been turning um, drones into things that look just like birds. So it's really? called stealth surveillance drones. Just, okay, so wow. You might have to check your birds up and down before you... <laughs> you probably can make the bird sounds as well. <laughs> so we're going to be taking a look at that. And then we're also going to be taking a look at Samsung who's just released a feature that says users will be able to clone their voice to respond in calls as oh a voicemail-like gosh. service. Oh, dear. We're going to talk AI. about what that looks AI like. AI is getting again. scary again. Yeah, no, it is. And Elon Musk has laid off some more Twitter employees. Oh, well done, Elon. And, we, and we're going to find out stops. why. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Jeez, man. <laughs> Here's some music. The Imagine Dragons and Symphony.
It's uh, the Imagine Dragons and Symphony. Welcome back to uh, Tech Plus, where we talk about this week's uh, biggest tech stories. Just before we hand over to Kane again, uh, I mentioned or we spoke about uh, the whole ESCOM uh, situation and uh, Andre the Rater's interview at the beginning of today's show. And um, what I've noticed also is, uh, I forgot to mention, in the interview, he actually mentioned that they used artificial intelligence cameras, AI cameras, uh, at some of the power plants to monitor the sabotage. And those cameras can tell them if there's somebody loitering or if somebody is tampering with stuff or even smoking, which is pretty cool. That's uh, He actually mentioned those AI cams at one of the um, uh, power stations. Wow. But, I mean, that's not stopping people from uh, sabotaging things anyway. No. You know what's very interesting about AI camera technology? Mm. So... I think it's great. It's got face detection. It's got face detection. It's got action detection. It can detect, Mm -hmm. you know, tampering or smoking or drinking. And then an alarm actually goes off, eh? We see. That's that's very good. So, and I'm sure the 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 piece that's been detected is stowed away somewhere that can be reviewed later manually. Mm, mm, mm. Um, And that's great. But there's been people that have found ways to bypass AI's ability to detect you in a video, right? So what that means is if you walk into let's say a place that does have AI imaging technology or videoing technology. Yeah. As you walk into that door, you'll be detected. But if you walk into that door with a bit of specially designed clothing that basically just has a picture of a person on your, on like your clothing, on your it looks like a person walking th- through a hallway on, on your shirt as a big portrait piece of image. It confuses the AI. Oh, because it sees oh, my you. Word. You're and giving then, them ideas here. It sees you, and then it sees the little people on your shirt, and it's like, wait, this isn't a person. This is a person. This isn't a person. Oh my gosh, that's a good idea. But can't you just wear shades? No, you, it will detect you. It will still detect you. It won't even with the shades. Exactly. Oh, but what it okay. what it won't do versus what it will do, it will still record you. It'll still see you. Yeah. But it won't be able to monitor you because it doesn't oh. know where you are. <laughs> Because there's another you on your shirt, which is smaller, so it messes up its depth identification. And it's very interesting how, how at, at the same time as we're progressive rapidly in technology, there's an equal and opposing force that uh, diverts the capabilities of that technology. And for a criminal, it's, it's dangerous. But for a person who might not want to be constantly surveyed, imagine the world evolves quite considerably into something like China's AI camera technology, where as you jaywalk across the yeah, street, you're shamed, you're shamed Named publicly shamed. on, a, on yeah. a big TV screen, <laughs> and your social score goes down. Oh yeah, um, oh wow, yeah. You know, these are ways that that people can kind of fight back. So it, it's very the correlation for me, the ratio of of uh, expanding technology and the opposing force of that technology. They they bounce back and forth between each other and watching that evolve I think is very interesting and we're going to see a lot of it. Ken, I'm wondering if they don't use AI on on TikTok lives as well because have you noticed before if somebody goes live on TikTok and they smoke on camera and they get a warning and then you as the viewer also get a little pop-up at the bottom saying uh, toxic substances consumed in this live are harmful to your health or whatever. If you noticed that before, I'm wondering, obviously, you, I'm sure they're not being, you know, monitored by actual humans. I think it's also probably AI detecting that this person's blowing smoke. 
because I remember a lady said she posted a video where she was standing outside and it was really cold outside. And you know when you when you talk outside and it's really cold, you get steam, steam coming out of your mouth. And then her video was banned for that. So that kind of sounds like an AI thing, hey? I think you might be onto something there. I wouldn't be surprised, number one, if they use AI to determine dangerous actions being taken in videos to mm. warn users and things like that but i'm also wouldn't be surprised if there's ai involved in the tiktok algorithm yeah so it's not always accurate as well because uh, the, the ai can't distinguish between cigarette smoke and steam coming from your mouth yeah when you're in that, cold conditions they might see a concert happening with a smoke machine and there's like there's way too much smoking going on <laughs> These people are dangerous. Yeah, and then those videos get removed. And then uh, apparently it's quite a mission to get it back up. Okay. So Bill Gates has snagged a 3.76% stake in Heineken's parent company. His shares are reportedly worth about 880 million euros or $936 million. Um, Despite being not a beer drinker, it's a 2007 investment in another brewery, FEMSA, that has brought Heineken into the Gates investment fold. So it's an intriguing arrangement considering the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation sponsored study released last year laying out both potential health risks, particularly for people under 40 and benefits uh, from alcohol consumption. So it's a weird move by Bill Gates that that we need to kind of watch and see what happens. Another thing that we might want to be watching is... uh, now, this sounds like a conspiracy theory. I don't know if you've ever seen some of that stuff going around on TikTok, which is quite hilarious, to yep. be honest, that birds are robots, <laughs> right? And, and they're just surveilling us. Yeah. Um, well, in a, in a development, a team of researchers who designed the ornithopters uh, to resemble <laughs> a flying bird in hopes that they can be used to stealthily um, study wildlife and maybe spy on people in foreign militaries, which <laughs> is basically a drone... Um, built off of which is I think is pretty sad a stuffed bird so it's a real life bird so that is a it drone it really looks like a bird yeah but I'll inside be, it's got a machine but inside it's a machine it's it's got the real f- everything's real it's a stuffed bird real feathers that's yeah. actually a drone and uh, the team acknowledged to new scientists that it should look into research policies for dealing with dead birds before getting more ambitious because it is kind of a on the on the precipice, I don't know how people feel about that at all. In wildlife surveillance, I can understand it because natural geographic and things like that. If you can really get in to to nature and not disturb it, you get more that would be really interesting cool. content. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but for surveillance purposes and also misuse by the public, mm-hmm. um, it is it is a bad thing because one should. I mean, if you've ever seen a drone in your area at night, you will know. You mm, might not hear lights. it, but you'll see the lights. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a floating light. Yeah, it's um, creepy. And it's quite recognizable. So the minute you take that light away, you kind of run into a thing where, where we saw the AR glasses from Ray-Ban. Oh, yeah. Ray-Ban, Ray-Ban made glasses that have a camera in it. Mm. And they have mm. to, if you're recording with that camera in your, in your sunglasses, they have to make a light. So Legally, that people around yeah. you know that they're being recorded. It's just, it's, it's like courtesy, courtesy, but also pretty important in my opinion. You it's know? almost like in, in, where is it, Korea? Where you can't uh, take a photo, uh, you can't put your phone on silent uh, when you take a photo. They had to leave that snap sound on when you take a photo. Yeah. For privacy reasons. And now people import their phones from other places to get rid of that because it's annoying. Yeah. So naturally, having a, sound. having a bird that's a drone, um, <laughs> it's not going to be flapping its wings. 
So if you see a bird land with its full wingspan, just like expanded and start changing. <laughs> you gotta be suspicious. Nothing's wrong with the bird. There's something wrong with the technology. That's not what a bird. What if it malfunctions or it comes through your window or something? Oh, it's just this, this stiff <laughs> so bird. Creepy. No, I don't like it. It makes me feel strange. Very. Um, in other news, Amazon closes a $3.9 billion buy of membership-based healthcare provider One Medical. So this is interesting because we spoke about it. Amazon released a subscription service for you to get your pharmaceuticals, your pills, right, things yeah. like that, uh, that you would normally you know, spend a little bit more money on can be automatically purchased based on a subscription and sent to you, delivered to your door, and it's your subscription, right? Your Maybe it's your heart medication or high blood pressure medication or whatever you know chronic medication you might need, you can get a subscription on Amazon. So this is the next step in that journey for them where they've bought... Um, a $3.9 billion buy of, a, of, of uh, one medical. And there is some concerns online. I mean, for one, um, they are being investigated by the FTC um, to, to understand the, the, the acquisition and whether or not it's anti-competition or promotes monopoly. Uh, but also, more importantly, someone like Amazon having access to people's personal healthcare information from a company like One Medical has some people concerned. It's it's mm. it's very it's not an email address and a password. It's a it's it's your it's your private medical information, yeah. doctor patient privilege stuff. So it's causing a little bit of uproar. But we'll we'll keep monitoring and and, and see really what happens there. But I think one of the most eerie developments in in AI is Samsung, who said users will be able to clone their voices to respond to calls. So what does that really mean? Well, the feature is currently only available in uh, in Korea as part of Bigsby text call service. So if you own a Samsung, you've probably heard of Bigsby, which is like Siri for Android, Mm -hmm. and uh, lets you respond to voice calls silently using text-to-speech. So if you've ever been on WhatsApp and got a call or been on a normal call and got another call, you can actually end the call with the message and say, hey, I'll call you right back. So this feature is supposed to build on that. So if you are getting a call and you send a message that automatically ends the call that says, hey, I'll call you right back, you're going to train the voice with your own voice and the phone will answer and your automated AI voice will say, hey, sorry, I'll call you right back and then end the phone call. (laughs) But what if I start a conversation with it? <laughs> no, sorry. It's f- I just wanted to tell you to get bananas from the store. And then you put it's, it down. I think it could be quite rude, you know. You like call someone and it's like, hey, Bloody sorry, I'll rude. call you right back. Like, yeah, yeah, that w- yeah. Not even a hello. You know, yeah. you know um, it, Kane, it's, it's actually concerning, you know. It really, it's starting to feel and it's starting to look like we as humans are going to have problems and challenges distinguishing between what is real and what is not in in the future in the near future like in that case now yeah we're gonna wonder did he or she really say that did he or she really do that because of all the tools nowadays available that can imitate you or even steal your identity there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and I think as a as the evolution of human society, we've tried to find many ways to automate things. It's like how mm-hmm. it's the reason we have long automated production lines for cars now and machine manufacturing and all this automation. And traditionally I think any time we could implement automation, one part people lost jobs, but two parts people got better at doing things faster. Mm, and there was yeah. never a reason to say you know, in a serious reason to say, hey, maybe the automation is going a bit too far. But now you can do something crazy. So let's say you have a favorite podcaster, right? 
He can ask AI to generate him a script. He can train AI to have his voice and he can have the AI read his voice. So he can automate his own podcast production without having to say a single word and now all of a sudden you dive into a very strange realm of automation that's just lazy <laughs> yeah it's like automating human yeah no that's content. no that's ridiculous eh? it's crazy no it's that's crazy ridiculous. and and i don't know i don't know i don't know how i feel about listening to a podcast that has just been even if it's extremely well developed it's it, it's indistinguishable from real how i would feel about the genuine elements of the podcast the authenticity the authenticity and interacting with your guests you can't have a robot interacting with your guests gosh is the guest even real that's the question the question is are we even real are we really sitting here talking (laughs) are we actually on the lagoon now in a boat skiing while these robots are doing our show just automated how would people know this philosophical question how would people know how would they know You know. It's even laughing, <laughs> <laughs> and you. It's it's recorded your laugh as well. It makes me. This it is makes creepy. Me in, interested in what the future holds and, Jeez, and what kind man. of content we'll be consuming in ten years, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, like it. Here's an interesting development in AI. Before we go to a music break, so we heard about Bing, yeah, right? Bing's AI. We also heard about Google's Bard AI, and I think everybody has heard at least once about ChatGPT's AI. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of competing against each other. There might be some truth as to why Microsoft released its Bing AI service so soon. Yeah, um, understanding also that Microsoft bought a stake in ChatGPT, so anything that is Bing-based AI is actually an extension or an evolution of ChatGPT. And uh, Bing's chat mode is now available on mobile, and you can speak to it. Right, so this is where it gets interesting. So you can speak directly to Bing or add it to a Skype conversation if you feel like it. And what does that mean? Well, that means maybe you could go to Bing Search and send a voice note to Bing Search. Hey, please find me pictures of recipes for banana bread. And it will interpret what you've said and search for it, which is kind of like a Siri thing. I think it's nothing really new. You know, we've had that kind mm. of functionality in the past. But I think a functionality we haven't seen as the, in the past is you can actually, because Microsoft also owns Skype, you can add this Bing AI to your Skype conversation. So let's say you and a friend are chatting about a potential holiday trip to Disneyland. You could bring Bing into the conversation and say, hey, Bing, what do you think we should do? when we go to Disneyland and it will come up with inspirational or or good ideas or uh, activities that you could embark on uh, in Disneyland, which is a unique utility, I think, of of AI. We haven't really seen it. When Microsoft released Bing, it seemed almost like a replacement to to your traditional search engine. And I think one of the most fascinating things is seeing Microsoft change their market strategy in real time mm. they launched it as a as an end all to social uh, to search engines they got a lot of kind of backlash from it because of the outlandish responses and things like that quite yeah. a number of them there was even there was even cases of wrong facts which we spoke about but there's mm. also been mm. cases where there's been threatening insulting and mm. bullying oh no by an ai wow. an ai bully oh. <laughs> It's like if the humans weren't enough. What the heck? Now my phone bullies me. (laughs) So they had some trouble getting off the ground. No, come on. Are you serious here? So this is a a pivot we see from Uh -uh. from Microsoft moving it into a Skype assistant almost. (laughs) 
an AI assistant. Bullying robot. <laughs> I can't get over it. What does it even say when it bullies you? I don't know, but I hope I hope no one takes it on the shoulder. You know, like, oh, my life's so bad. I've been I've been ridiculed by AI. I need to reconsider my approach. You know, like how do you even digest that? Yeah. <laughs> this is insane, man. Oh gosh. Okay, so we're going for some music. What are we coming back with, Kane? When we come back, we're taking a look at uh, a, a very big game that has now uh, overhauled their VR mode, which I think is an extension of what we saw Meta trying to do. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Elon Musk, who's laid off some more Twitter employees, and uh, YouTube Music, which I think you might find this very interesting, is mm-hmm. will let you make your own custom radio stations. What? What? But it's not quite what you think. And I'm a bit disappointed that it's not exactly what it sounds like. And we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to take a look at um, a tracker, a car tracker, that has an anti-theft mode that basically makes mm. it invisible, but also has a $1 million fine for any misuse of the tracking technology. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, you know... It must work really well then. I don't have that much money. I think <laughs> I'd be in debt for the rest of my life. <laughs> that happened to me sure and we're also going to talk about amazon which is the latest company to bring staff back to the office three days a week Mm. yeah so we're seeing some post-covid kind of fixing upping yeah we're going to talk about that awesome that's when we come back here on uh, tech plus in the meantime it's back to some music with uh cigala
That was Sigala with uh, Rely On Me featuring Gabri Ponte and Alex Gordino. Welcome back to uh, Tech Plus. We're almost in the final stretch of uh, this week's show where we uh, unpack uh, the highlights of uh, the tech world. Uh, but firstly, I believe it was somebody's birthday this week. Hey, <laughs> okay. it was. And I feel so bad. And Mark Zuckerberg, if you're listening, I'm blaming you because I usually get reminders of birthdays. <laughs> I'm so bad with birthdays. Gosh, even if you ask me now what the date is, I probably even won't even know. I don't know why. It's just like I've lost touch with time. I know what time it is and what I have to do work-wise, but... I just I forget birthdays and stuff nowadays. So. I don't I don't mind if someone forgets a birthday because I always feel so bad because I don't get to answering all the messages in time. Especially because I, I I mostly work on my birthdays as well, so I'm just shame. You, know, you didn't even have cake. No, I had cake. <laughs> Did you have cake? I had cake. It was organised and it was delicious. Probably one of the best cakes I've ever had. In my oh really? Life. Okay. Well, I hope you had a fantastic birthday, Kane. Even though it's like 24 hours too late. <laughs> hey, thank you very much. I've got, I want to get your input on this, right? YouTube Music will let you uh, make your own custom radio stations. You can choose the artists and how much variety you want and let the algorithm do the rest. So basically what you're doing is you're programming essentially a radio station that can play all the time based on some prerequisites for artists and things like that. I really wanted more. So, I wanted so more. that would be your your station with only the music that you like. So you say, you isn't know, it just a glorified playlist? It, it feels just like that. It's like a glorified playlist where you pick the artist and it fills it with songs. That's what I feel like it is. Can you put in jingles? <laughs> I mean, My station. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I would. I would have. FM. <laughs> I would have liked to see more, but I think yeah. there is a probably a way that you might be able to work with it if you mm-hmm. upload content from something like E Radio. And you set the artist as e-radio and then you include e-radio in your music algorithm then it will play snippets out of e-radio in between all the music and yeah I think you're that right would be quite interesting but i would have i would you when i read youtube will now let you make your own custom radio station i was like i was like this is going to be heck insane yeah the question is does it crossfade you know or do you have these big gaps in between the songs i think it would crossfade i would hope so but I think otherwise like, it's not going to sound good. I feel like instead of making a custom radio station for the public, which is typically what YouTube does, you make a channel for the public. Mm-hmm. You know, you create the content. In this case, I feel like you're making a radio station for yourself. Yeah, Achman, you can just uh, no, just create a Spotify playlist. Yeah, it's much much easier. And it except for Gwendolyn in between. Gwendolyn is it, is is that her name? Yeah, but I paid for my Spotify. I couldn't handle it. Did you? I also eventually, after they offered me three months for free, uh, I also, uh, I, I, I gave in and I got uh, YouTube Premium. For me, it was the Doritos ad that just took it too far for me. <laughs> was that on Spotify? Yeah, because right in between a song, between the previous song and the next song, you would just hear someone like eating a Doritos. Crunch, chip. crunch. Oh, and that's so annoying as well. Hey? It's annoying, but it's still not very motivating while you're on a jog. Yeah. You just hear like a Dorito chip crunch. And, <laughs> and you like can't skip it, Kane. No, you can't. You gotta That's hear the, the whole worst. crunch. And then there's usually an ad after it. For me on YouTube it was the constant even if it's just a short video that you want to open, the constant ads, sometimes two, three in a row and you can't skip it, or maybe you can skip the last one. That was the final straw. So when they offered me a uh, uh, what do you call it, a trial period of three months, I said yes. Yeah, you just and now it's just uh, seventy rand a month, I think. It's not bad. No, man. They fought me for a year and a half to get that yeah. premium subscription. we gave in. We, we gave, gave in. We lost. But but it's so nice to now just open a video and it plays immediately. Yeah, you mean a song? Uh, on YouTube now. Oh, on YouTube. Yeah, for me on YouTube, I got YouTube Premium, so 
You've also just, got YouTube Premium. That's what I meant, yes. I thought you meant Spotify Premium. No, 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 YouTube, man. No, you got YouTube Premium. I just couldn't take it anymore. They said three months free. I said thank you, and then they took my card details, and after the three months, they just started charging me. But it was worth it. But now you can you can close your phone, hey, and the music keeps playing. That's the best thing of all. I think that's probably <laughs> the selling. I think that's the selling point for me. Uh, minimizing it on my phone and carrying on, and it's in the little window there. That is a cool feature. So I think that kind of sold it to me as well. But three months for free, that was awesome. Good YouTube premium, it's only 70 Rand a month. And it saves you a lot of uh, bad energy. I would love to see a subscription service that bundled various products into one discount rate. Because, I mean, we're paying Disney+, Plus. we're paying, some people are paying DSTV, some people are paying Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Premium. It gets pricey, hey? It builds up, you know? It's like 2K a month for all of it. <laughs> for streaming software, you're like, I don't even have time to watch it. <laughs> all, all constant load shedding, because not everybody can keep their uh, TVs and streaming devices on, you know? No. We miss out a lot now during load shedding, especially with the four-hour... Uh, slots and I mean I don't want to go back to the to the load shedding thing but I will say one interesting thing that I thought about yesterday about the load shedding uh-huh. is every time there's significant load shedding people are going out and buying inverters it's becoming quite quite more frequent now compared to someone going buying a, a petrol generator it's happening yeah. frequently yeah However, what does it do to the ESCOM grid? All that's happening when you're putting up an inverter is you're saving power for later. Yeah, it's still charging and using more power while it's so, while the power's on. So the thing I have not a hard time digesting is you're trying to reduce the load on the grid, but people are now setting up inverters to take that juice that they would have needed during the load shedding. You're right, it's like a... It's anti... It's anti-productive. Yes, that's it. Yeah, people are drawing that it? energy for the load yes. shedding anyway. When you're o- so their peaks must be getting higher and higher because everybody's higher. just charging. I mean, I also I must be honest. I also plug in everything that can be charged during the time when it's back on. But yeah, obviously they can see that if everybody's doing it, there will be a spike. There will and and saving power for later. It's and like you're a looking power at bank, you know, know twenty to fifty thousand rand before you bought solar panels. Yeah, you know, so but, but most times it's charging straight off the mains onto the battery to be used later. Nice to see though during the budget speech uh, this week with our finance minister who uh, uh, did a nice uh, incentive for people to get solar now for businesses with a huge discount if you get solar for your business in the next two years, you get quite a generous discount on that solar paid for by the government. It's like a would you say it's a, a tax incentive, I think? So they kind of cover some of the costs for that. I think that's going to help a lot because that's for the businesses. It is. It is. And it's fun. I'm just really glad to be seeing incentives Yeah. to drive Thank solar solutions. Not yeah. inverter battery solutions, but solar, actual And targeting power. business because usually it was just residential. Now they're going for the businesses, the heavy users. They had like a one kilowatt limit or something to the amount of power you can generate for yourself. And now it's good to, it's no just limits, good to see yeah. it. it Thank it goodness. Up. It's about time, I must it's say. It's about damn time. So yeah. I think what also um, was, was about time was Amazon is finally letting their staff come back to work three times a week. So everyone okay. was kind of working remotely mostly, and it's good oh. to see us coming back to normal a little bit. Yeah, but uh, so only three times a week. That's still nice. Yeah, so only they're only expected to work uh, in the office three uh, thrice weekly, starting in May. Okay, that's all right. Which it's is still nice. not five days a week. Yeah, I mean, for the people that have got really used to remote work, they might actually be sick of it a little bit and want to get out into an office every now and again. It helps for discipline. It is for because let's be honest, when you're at home working from home. 
and you don't have a boss, you can slack a bit. Yeah. It's you a lot of self-discipline. Can. You absolutely can. And you need to usually work for... You know, no one simply goes from the office to their home environment and just starts working 10 hours a day. It's very difficult mm. because your home is your relaxation center. You're right, yeah. Um, and there's also adverse effects of your relaxation center now becoming your work environment. You're right. So there's a good thing that it's disconnecting slightly. I think uh, maybe, you know, I, I think if it's a maximum of three times a week, it's quite cool. But even a minimum of once a week might just be the refresher. A lot of poison you just to get that, you know, that break. From, from the home environment, same mm-hmm. wall, same house, same yep. everything, all day That's um, it. and all night. And uh, also, I see that, I think it's the UK, is it? Uh, or, or other countries as well, looking at a four-day work week in terms of productivity and all that kind of stuff, you know? So they're going to see uh, the big companies if they can get away with a four-day uh, work week instead of a five-day work week. So... It basically means you work Mondays to Thursdays and Friday, you're off. So every weekend's a long weekend. Wow. Nice, eh? Do you know what's also quite impressive is this, uh, this mushroom or this fungus might be able to replace plastic parts for electronics, vehicles, and sports equipment. We're basically talking about plastic derived from mushrooms. What? Right? So, he, you know, you might be able to make headphones, memory foam for shoes, or even aircraft exoskeletons with it. Researchers just assessed the engineering possibilities with one particularly impressive mushroom and found that it might be able to replace, replace plastic in a whole bunch of different use cases. Using mushrooms instead of plastic could cut down on the mountains of waste humans create. Plastics made out of fossil fuels are actually really difficult to recycle. And that's why you sometimes see a a limited number of recycle cycles that a particular piece of plastic can go through. So the idea that we can open up an ability to create a type of plastic using an organic substance like a mushroom is, uh, I think, an extremely positive potential breakthrough. And uh, it could definitely help... um, reduce the load on Mm. on the environment from from all the plastics some plastics takes a long time to break down Mm. and they break Mm. down in a hazardous fashion yeah they create harmful chemicals to Mm -hmm. the soil and and the environment around it and uh i I think it could be extremely cool to say you know this is a this is a this is a water bottle i'm drinking out of it's made of mushrooms Um, (laughs) yeah that's quite cool that's quite cool so that that's that was a major breakthrough and then uh in other news there's a new there's a new potential lineup of smartphones on the horizon for Europe at least. So Mobile World Congress arrives in Barcelona next week, heralding the arrival of a host of new smartphones for Europeans um, to enjoy, uh, which I think is quite interesting. So it's the release of a new cell phone type company, as as far as I can understand it. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. That might be interesting. It's always good. We saw Huawei was the last big. Um, competitor in the mobile phone market mm. and they made such a big impact that America banned them from using Android and that oh, I th- that slowed them down let's yeah that was a big thing eh? I most of the that people I problem. know that are using Huawei with the app gallery not proper Android they're not having a good time it's no confusing. it's a struggle finding all these alternatives I mean a friend of mine wanted to just mm. download discord and he had to use a separate app to emulate being on Android <laughs> to use oh, the actual word, really app. Oh, did it no. actually work it did work, but I mean, no one, it, you can't expect your consumer to go through such a No, we don't all have that uh, kind of, you know, technical abilities. No, no, we do not. But, uh, you know, do you like Hawaii? What's your favorite phone? Well, I've always been on Samsung in the last uh, 10 years or so. But I like Huawei. It's, it's a nice design. You like Very it? Very slick. 
It is. My, my Huawei was really good. I liked it. But iPhone's also nice. But I, I just find the whole Apple thing is really overrated. It's almost like a, a statement, a fashion statement. You well, know? if you could have one handset, um, with regardless of price, what would you choose? What model of phone? Oh, wow. I don't even know the models anymore. Just the make. I mean, I've got a Samsung, and it can do whatever I want it to do. I mean, it can't fly, but that's probably the next step. <laughs> what more do you want? So they keep asking me, do you want to upgrade? I'm like, no, I've got everything. This thing's got uh, three cameras already. I mean, what more do I want? <laughs> a fourth? No. <laughs> it's, it's too much for me. I'm just, oh. um, So, yeah, I, I think uh, for me, Samsung is as good as it gets now. But, um, yeah, Huawei also is nice, nice design. Would I choose a Huawei? It would probably be between a Huawei and an iPhone. But I don't know which one. I would go the Samsung. You I would still Samsung go with make, Samsung? Make great phones. I think if it was a thing know. about what phone, what what's the most expensive phone I can get for free, I'll probably pick iPhone because <laughs> yes, yes. iPhone's great build, but it's they're very pricey. Too, yeah, and, and I mean, in three months or so from now, then your phone's old again. Oh, that's the case everywhere. You can't. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I bought my S21 and I like went to the shop three months later and it was a relatively new phone and they didn't have screen covers for me, any- I mean, phone covers for me anymore. It was all the S22. Yeah. And I was like, that was phased out quick. I didn't even get three months. You see, yeah. Um, and I can't keep up with it anymore. Hey? It's another thing I can't keep up with is Elon Musk. I mean, he is just so busy. So he's kept laying off Twitter employees after saying the job cuts were done. So he's still giving aggressive deadlines to make sweeping changes, like revamping how their ad targeting works in a week. That's the thing about Elon Musk and Twitter. He does, he's not like, okay, so over the next six months, we're going to focus on these five things. He's like, okay, next week this should be sorted, and he gives a huge mountain of work. But uh, on November 21st, Elon Musk gathered Twitter's remaining employees at its San Francisco headquarters to tell them that after forcing out roughly two-thirds of the walk workforce in a matter of weeks, uh, and that layoffs were ov- over, he kept um, laying them off anyway. So that's the big problem here. He said, okay, we're done now. And he's still, you know, dozens of Twitter employees across sales and engineering departments were laid off last week, including one of Musk's direct reports who was managing engineering for Twitter's ad business. According to company sources and social media posts from affected employees seen by The Verge, this means Musk has done at least three rounds of layoffs since he's promised to stop doing them in November. Meanwhile, he has given a directive internally to revamp how ads are targeted in Twitter's main feed within a week, part of his plan to fix what he calls publicly uh, the worst ad relevance on earth. That's what he's calling Twitter's own ad ad targeting (laughs) capabilities. And what they're doing is simple. They're looking at something like Google. So on Google, you search a keyword, you see relevant ads. And because you're searching something, you already have intent. So if you see an ad relevant to what you're searching, you're more likely to click it. Mm-hmm. But on something like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram's ads, they're doing it based on who you are as a person. Mm, and not, your interests. Not yeah. necessarily what you search. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to in- implement systems that will target specifically what you search and display ads based on that. The only problem I have with it is how many times have you searched for a local business on Twitter? How many times mm. have you searched for a product on Twitter? Mm. You don't really, you might search for an area, like, uh, you know, maybe earthquake happens somewhere, so you'll go earthquake and location, and to see video content of it. So I wonder exactly how they're going to achieve that system when people aren't really making purchase tangible intent keyword searches onto Twitter. They're not looking for a product. They're not like best webcam to buy mm. on Twitter. 
Yeah, no, no, not on Twitter. So it's going to be interesting to see to see how that gets off the ground. I believe that Twitter is being used a lot nowadays for for uh, naughty material. Hey, well, they Did have very that? they have very little um, uh, very little age restriction policies. No, clearly, because it's not just you know naughty content. There's also, I mean, you can be browsing Twitter and come across a shooting and, and a graphic. A graphic, like straight You're, out of something you shouldn't watch oh, or wow. be seen, and I uh, been on Twitter that much, and it just comes myself. onto your Twitter feed. Some people Gee. even disguise those videos as other posts, so you're just <gasps> looking around a trend, and all of a sudden you're scarred for six hours. You're like, "That was <laughs> horrific. I never want to see that again." Uh, so there is a lot of content moderation that needs yeah. to happen, and it makes sense because um, Twitter has reduced their staffing, and that's going to be a considerable amount of the moderation team. So. You know, one one should let their kids operate yeah. in a controlled environment on something like Twitter, at least because it is completely ageless. I think it would make sense if you've said uh, you've registered on Twitter and said you're 16, you won't see explicit content. But if you're saying you're 21, it might just come across your feed. You can also set up the search mechanism. It's just not not an ideal system for for a social media platform to be displaying well, that I hope, kind of content. I hope that uh, Elon's going to fix all that. But uh, did you see how uh, Zach is now kind of copying uh, Musk with uh, the verification uh, badges on oh, no. Facebook? I didn't see that. Yep, it's rolling out soon. You're going to pay about twelve to what's it, fifteen dollars a month for Blue Tick on Facebook. Twelve to fifteen dollars. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Zach did. Ach, Musk did. Zach is copying him. So if every you, this is what I always think. If every user on Twitter and every user on Facebook buy a blue tick, does is everyone actually the same as not being verified again? Because everyone's on equal playing field. Yeah. There's no exclusivity to it. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, some people like to actually work for that blue tick. Yeah. Now it's just so easy to get. The guys that have the blue tick no longer and i think it's kind of fair because everybody wanted a blue tick everybody wanted to be verified anyone that was anyone that wanted to be an influencer wanted a blue tick and uh, now it's just kind of pay your yeah. way and get it and yeah. as a profile all you would have to do as a profile uh, in south africa if you want to verify your personal profile is you would just have to obviously make the payment and then send them your uh, i don't know upload your south african id document i do really like or the card. kyc thing you know your customer that's what uploading your identity document is called completing a kyc i do like that i think people should be verified especially people making strong opinions but at the same time i don't think it should have been tied around the badge system because that used to be a trust signal now i don't trust any blue ticks i'm like i don't know you know you can see if it's paid for it's organic it's just lost its value it's like the better it sells the less valuable it is Mm -hmm. and i think any model like that doesn't really do well it, it can get a lot of subscribers but the actual reason you want a blue tick is no longer as valuable anymore yeah um and that's where i think they're, they're going to see a little bit of challenges this thing that i'm going to talk to you about next one of the last stories that we have i i think is quite exciting so no man's sky is a pc game it's probably one of the most impressive universe simulating pc games not in your traditional accurate sense but in no man's sky you're an explorer of a solar system you found yourself on a planet you, you you build a spaceship you go off the planet you can go to other planets you can go out the solar system you can go to other solar systems and i think there is like over 10 billion different planets there's just an endless universe of exploration 
you would not be able to complete exploring the entire No Man's Sky universe in a single lifetime. It would not be possible. It is too vast. And it's, it's a byproduct of something called procedural generation, which basically means, hey, Mr. Game System, here's types of trees, types of grass, types of land, types of planet, types of atmospheres, types of weather conditions, all this different stuff. Combine it, mix it together and spread it in unique and unique builds across this entire canvas. And then you have a, a universe where every planet is different. 10 billion planets, every planet is different. Every solar system is different. It's, the sh it's, it's, a, it's an absolutely massive game. And one of the things that were coming out about it when it first started is this VR mode, right? So in, in, this, in this sense, you have a VR mode and you can put some goggles on and you can explore this virtual universe. And uh, now it's getting upgraded in VR. And I think that's what Meta wanted to achieve with their social thing is that something on that vast landscape. And it's amazing to see technology developing like that. The fact that there's a game that allows you to transverse the universe, but in a way that looks like a 360 degree reality. It's just impressive by all definitions compared to what we were capable of 20 years ago. A game with 10 billion levels sounds completely impossible. And I think we've we've come a long way, and it'll be interesting to see how that how that develops. And is that it? And on that note, Kane, thank you so much. Another week, another Tech Plus. Have a super weekend, your birthday weekend. Thank Hope you. You're going to have fun, and we'll see you here again next week. Thank you very much, and to all of our listeners, thanks for listening in. We'll see you next week. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> bye bye.